Hey, welcome to Hot Local Singles. It's a beautiful Saturday afternoon. This is Juan, and with me is my co-host and sister, Josh. <laughs> hey, what's up? Hello. Welcome to the show. You missed a bit of a doozy listener on the pre-show, I have to say. <laughs> Unless, of course, you didn't and, and just heard it, but... Yeah. Yes. It's a good one. Anyways, I feel like we have a funny show this week, I've been thinking about this for a while. We're talking about the twinks of Spotify. Yes. The white, straight, sad, clueless twinks of Spotify. Yeah. I wish I was fast enough to have made an acronym out of the words that you just said. <laughs> <laughs> like SSRIs somehow. Yeah. <laughs> A sad swing regarded and something else. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. We're talking about Spotify twinks. Yeah, we're sort of doing a singles episode, but not really... It's just a thesis I've had in mind for a while that, like, mm-hmm. these sad white twinks are fucking taking over. Totally. And we're going to talk it through. We're going to listen to some of their sad songs. And, I don't know, maybe fucking serve some justice for once, you know? <laughs> yeah, when you first suggested this theme, well, we were thinking about themes for this weekend. Firstly, there, nothing happened in pop culture this nothing week. Happened, absolutely yeah. nothing. Lana happened, but we'll leave that for another episode, probably. Wait, what did she do again? She released a single. Oh, that's a good single. With a beautiful cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> When you first told me, I was like, what, Spotify Twinks? I don't want to delve into this disaster. Like, I already get enough suggestions. But I think (laughs) that the thesis that you propose is really interesting. There is, and now I sort of agree with it, there is a distinct genre of music Mm. that is emerging Mm -hmm. out of Spotify, which is aided by, like, big record labels Mm -hmm. that are pushing this, like, brand of white twink because they're all white. Mm-hmm. who makes, like uh, Josh curated a playlist that we'll probably share with you guys, but they all make the sort of like rap slash guitar music, but they all have in common that it's fucking depressing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like their worldview as Gen Z, and they're all very young, mm-hmm. is that um, they're somehow like more depressed than we are, you know? Yeah. yeah and it's like, it's hard to imagine that's actually possible, but... They are singing about being depressed, at the very least, non-stop. Yeah, totally. And, like, if you've heard, like, Lauv, and if you've heard, like, even Billie Eilish, you kind totally. of get the vibe. It's like a diaristic kind yeah. of singer-songwriter vibe. But then the genre is, like, the most polished music I've heard all year. Very polished. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, first song. And by the way, if you want to know how we're doing, listener, you should subscribe to the Patreon, okay? Yep. Because <laughs> we just we just did that. <laughs> we did something. <laughs> something happened, and uh, it's locked away for a reason. So, our first song, Going Out by Role Model. Role Models in all caps. The type of girl that make the boys do sit Don't hit me if you're going out. I can barely leave the house. Okay, I think you get the gist, right? Yeah. Did you watch the video for it? No, but I would love a review. I mean, it's pretty 
it's pretty horny, honestly. He's like, oh shit, in a bathtub <laughs> or like wearing like an open button-up shirt, very Backstreet Boys mm-hmm. in that sense, I guess. Yeah, with the floppy hair too. He's kind of hot. I shouldn't be saying he's straight this. up kind of hot. Yeah, he's straight up kind of hot. He's straight. Let's start with that. He, yeah. Okay. So I made Juan do some research. <laughs> so he found out the sexualities <laughs> of all of these twinks, and you're gonna sense a pattern pretty quickly i think (laughs) well here's the thing a lot of it was impossible to find because a lot of them are purposefully Mm -hmm. like vague about their sexuality because we've come to an era of gay rights that it pays to be gay Mm -hmm. like it's more marketable to be if not gay at least like wear a dangly earring and paint your nails but this guy in particular is pretty much straight there's rumors that he dated a woman com- called Emma Chamberlain, which I think our Zoomer listen- listeners probably know. She's mm-hmm. a YouTuber. I didn't know that until just now. Interesting. Okay. Do you want to describe the cover art for me, Juan? Yes. Well, I want to start by describing the artist name. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in between my tw- late, my early 20s to my late 20s, the conventions of artist names changed like overnight. Yes. <laughs> it used to be people had personas, people had names. Lana Del Rey, um, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Madonna, whatever. But then now names. they started playing with the capitalization, punctuation, and even mm. like repetition of letters within those names. So we have someone like Role Model whose name is all capitalized. And when you go on mm-hmm. Spotify and you see like the Spotify twinks, there's always like, there's always one name that has three eyes next to each other, like I, 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 <laughs> or like E, E, E or something. Yeah. But yeah, so this is a big part of that. So his name is Role Model, all caps. Mm-hmm. And the cover art for his single, we see a young Leo DiCaprio lookalike, mm-hmm. a white boy with a lot of stick and poke tattoos all over his arms. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like that ugly stick and poke sleeve that is not even like, I feel like traditional sleeves are like thought out for, for it all to connect to each other. Yeah. The stick and poke sleeve is just like random like pizza, and like, you know, like yeah, a, yeah, a little yeah. pizza and then a little cloud and then a little something. No, um, sleeves are too bougie, you know? He's like, okay, the background is like um, baby blue kind of, maybe like periwinkle, dare I say. His tank top cutoff tank is the same color He's like doing a phone symbol with one hand up to his face, and he's like flexing his little arm so hard his he's going to shit his pants. Little twink arm, yeah. His little twink arm. <laughs> like, yeah, there's there's some strain happening, and that's okay. I can relate to that. A vein's gonna pop. <laughs> he's gonna fucking pop. And he has absolutely over two million monthly listeners. Crazy. And he's on Interscope Records, so. But what do we think about this song? Um, This one to me is like a bizarre combination of guitars that you would associate with like 90s grunge music and then mixed in with like, yeah, like a hip hop percussion, I guess. Like hi-hats, whatever, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, he is depressed in this. He says, don't hit me for going out. I can barely leave the house, mm -hmm. you know? And then he's like, I can barely put my shoes on or something, or, like, he gives up putting on his shoes. So he's, like, playing the part of a deeply depressed person, totally, you know? Yeah, you're right. Like, actually a deeply depressed one. And the song kind of belies that, I think. Like, the vibe of the song. Because it is, like, upbeat. 
I find this song really catchy, and I've listened to it more than once. But it's like also deeply corny in just like how he speaks, I think. Totally. I think that's what we're going to find to me. The main annoyance about this genre is the vocals. We should move on because like the trends yeah. and the the similarities really pop as we move on. So this yeah, is the totally. next one. This is more an emo, like dashboard <laughs> confessional thing coming up, right? It's called Cotton Candy by Young Bloods, all caps, Y-U-N-G-B-L-U-D. BBC Radio 1 won't stop playing Young Blood. Like, he's like headliner act level to BBC Radio 1. Yeah, I'm seeing the, the cover art for Cotton Candy. He, they, he are wearing a skirt and like um, wings behind on their back. Like Cupid. Hmm. Okay, okay, yeah. So, what do we say about a song like Cotton Candy? <laughs> I can tell you it was written by Julia Michaels and Justin Tranter. No way, really? Julia yeah. Michaels? Like, in a way, Youngblood is almost a different type of star. He, like, has the writers behind him, too. I think because of you were saying, this one does sound a little too, way too much like, um, like Simple Plan or Good Charlotte kind of vibes. Yeah. Did you look up his sexuality? There's nothing specific, but one has to assume, just based off like the press coverage, it's not doesn't rely a lot on like queerness or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Young blood is confirmed straight, and in fact, David Halsey. No, that's what the internet says. Yeah, that's what the streets are saying. <laughs> wow, it says Halsey boyfriend talks, opens up about sexuality, and very fluid about it. I'm seeing that too. I tried everything in terms of sexuality. (laughs) Thugs tried to cut off his head when he performed in Russia wearing a skirt. So he's like, I guess, fluid in how he dresses. But that's not sexuality. That's like gender expression. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, I guess he's not a queer theorist. So I forgive him for not knowing the difference. He was called a faggot in Russia. Same. I've been called a faggot in Russian forums before. He's on the soundtrack of 13 Reasons Why. Yeah. There's two things that all these boys share in common, which is like the look, the aesthetic, and the sort of like sentimentality of it. Like they're all like adolescent sad boys, essentially. In a way, it's like this whole thing is just a combination of like Young Lean, Drake, and Tim- Timothy Chalamet. They all look like Timothy Chalamet. And it's, it's interesting to think about the like evolution of male standards, because I feel like, I don't know, I feel like even like Justin Timberlake was a bit beefier when he was a pop star. You're right. They seem way twinkier than Justin Bieber, I guess, was the first twink pop star. And then ever since, they've all just be- evolved to be. But he grew out. Yeah, you're right. For, for purpose, he was pretty beefy too, actually. Yeah. Anyways, it says, a lot about, it says a lot about society and the trends of male beauty, the twink print. Personally, I think this song is trash. And out of all the twinks, the Spotify twinks in this episode, to me, he seems like the least interesting. Yeah, you're right. And I hate his look, so let's move on. Let's move on, yeah. Next up, we have Alexander23. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned the 13 Reasons Why soundtrack. Yeah. And he's on that, too. Oh, really? It's a similar level of label backing, I think. Yeah, and, like, brand integration. It just goes to show how fucking, like, artificial all these kids are. You know? None yeah. of them, like, came up out of anything. So, Youngblood is Interscope Records, by the way. Alexander23, same thing. This song is called Caught in the Middle. Mm. 
This one has a groovy bass line. This one's not bad, honestly. This one is pretty sad. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting to examine why these kids are so sad. I mean, there's plenty to be sad. Yeah, for real. But it does feel like a like very specific. Like, were we this sad when we're millennials? Did millennials have an equivalent for this? Yeah, like these people are like 16 to 19 on average, I, I think. But I remember thinking depression was romantic when I was that age. Absolutely. I think that's it. Yeah. Like looking back, like I didn't have those feelings. Maybe that's my privilege. But I like I wasn't depressed in the movie way, but I would like fantasize about being depressed in the movie way. In the way. movie way, totally. So totally. saying like I'm broken, like in that song we just heard, yeah, that's yeah. a very like, it's a very like screenplay way of describing an emotion. I think. Or no, it's true. I feel like the writing feels very adolescent because they are teenagers, mm. and they just express their sadness like by literally saying like I'm sad or like I'm broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? like, <laughs> they yeah, don't yeah, like yeah. really evoke the images; they just say it out loud. They claim it almost. They're like <laughs> yeah. they're like trying to convince us. Yeah, I think maybe we did have equivalent. Like emo was a bit earlier than our early twenties. I feel like emo I was probably like fifteen when that was a thing. Mm -hmm, I was never mm -hmm. into it, but it's, I feel like probably similar like vibe. And then yeah. we had, then we had um, Sky Ferreira and Lana Del Rey. They were pretty sad. Yeah, for sure. And then there was Drake. In a way, this is just a continuation of the Drake print is what I wanted to say from the beginning. Mm. Drake brought sadness to rap and it hasn't left for better or worse. No, you're right. It's a lot of these songs are post Drake. This yeah. song in particular is like post Beirut. <laughs> There's <laughs> no. like a, a deeply 2010s like yeah. indie rock thing happening here. Totally. Less rap and more like, dare I say, Harry Styles. Mm. I didn't even think of that, but it is, yeah. He's another twink. He's another twink. Yeah. He made it though. Yeah, he's made it, yeah. This reminds me of, like, when I would play my music in, like, the car as a kid, you know? And my dad would always be like, oh, this sounds like blank. Or, like, this sounds like blank. Like, totally. ultimately, all the young label stars are just, like, doing something that's been done. Yeah. And can't really even sing that well. No. Like, I think they're probably cute. And I think they can hold a tune long enough. <laughs> but, like, this is just, like, the new, the new guard of indie singers yeah yeah totally it's like really early in the f in the stages of the like a and r process i guess mm -hmm. but like clearly money is being invested in these boys for sure and like for all we know in five years they'll be having like an mgmt moment i don't know do bands have mgmt moments anymore i don't know no bands are dead there's no oddball commercials so maybe not i don't know bands are dead unless you're a k-pop band that's why all these kids are solo Oh, I forgot to mention, um, Youngblood has over 8 million monthly listeners. Alexander has... Did you find out about his sexuality, by the way? Of who? Because Alexander23 has 6 million listeners. Wow. I, he's straight, confirmed. That's a star. Like, he's a star. He's a star, and he's a straight, a straight star. I could see it from his face. <laughs> he has, like, loud face a bit. Yeah, he does, actually, yeah. It's a really plain face, yeah. Yeah, like cute enough, but like nothing crazy, not crazily handsome. 
I mean, this is this is why this music thrives so much in Spotify. It's so easy to play, like listen to it. You know, mm-hmm. it's so non-aggressive. It's so not like insulting. It's just like a really. I feel like a mom would love this too. Mm-hmm. Like a kid could play this, and like a mom would love it. And that's maybe maybe what's different between these kids and um, what's the name of that guy who died who played who made similar music, XXX, Tentacion or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made kind of music like this in a way. It was also pretty depressing. And then his bio is like strengths and weaknesses. It's like kind of like a dating profile vibe. And the game plan he says is be your friend. It's like very twee. Yeah. This is the one that I had a specific lyric from because he sings, sometimes I wonder about your dog and if she thinks I passed away (laughs) because it's a breakup song. And then he goes, I guess a part of me is dead. So she is right. (laughs) (laughs) It is what he said earlier. It's very diaristic. Like this is something that they just put in their journal and they didn't like edit it. They just went straight into the studio with whatever sentences they wrote. It is silly as hell. But also very twee. It's very sincere. They're very sincere in their sadness. They're not very, like, ironic at all. Yeah, you're right. This one is similar, actually, this next one. What is it? Pao Fu. Have you heard of this guy? No, not before this. He's from Vancouver. He's early 20s. Mm-hmm. He had the biggest song of this year. Did you know that? More than WAP? I'm going to say yes. I mean, I think it's technically last year, but it's called Deathbed, Coffee for Your Head. Oh, I did see that when I was doing research. 700 million listens on Spotify Crazy. alone. And like that's a song that you do hear on the radio in a lift, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it is that big. I guess it's CanCon, too, so that helps, in Canada at least, to be heard. <laughs> but yeah, he's on Sony Music. And this song is literally hip-hop to chill and study, yeah, too. this one is, like, insane. And he's so fucking depressed. Okay, let's listen to this one. <laughs> this is peak white boy rapping. Yeah, totally. It's like Mac Miller, like almost Eminem. It's like a sound that the others have avoided, either because they're singing more or they just aren't enunciating the same way. Like I, like I even hear Macklemore in this. No, I hear Macklemore in like the verses, and then when he when when you just paused it and he started singing the chorus, I hear Halsey all the way. I hear Halsey, yeah, apples yeah. and bananas, same. Yeah, it's not fully, fully, fully. Okay, here's here's my first conclusion for the um, okay for the pot. They mm-hmm. all tend to that apples and avocados or whatever. It's kind of mm-hmm. some of them take it further, but they all sort of are in, like inspired or like they tend towards that. I feel like they all mm-hmm. have that in the back of their minds. That that's yeah. what you're supposed to sing, like Halsey at the mall. Yeah, totally. He has fucking almost 18 million monthly listeners. That's crazy. So he's fucking huge. Literally one of the biggest artists in the world, especially on radio. And I mean, that's great for him, I guess. <laughs> and we have one more song. We kind of like return to our roots for this last song. Because we right. mentioned Lauv before. This one's Lauv and Conan Gray, who is... I feel like often dragged on Stan Twitter just for like... <laughs> often, like every day. <laughs> yeah. Is he white? So this one's called Fake. I think he's probably half Asian, right? Yeah, that's one of the vibes I was getting. What about the sexuality of Pao Fu, do we know? And Conan Gray? Pao Fu's straight from what I saw. Um, Conan Gray is the only one that is queer. Out of the list of boys that we named through this yeah. podcast... 
Mm-hmm. But he's also not like doesn't identify with anything. He's like a very specifically ambiguous, and he like he's mm-hmm. like I read somewhere that he previously rejected the gay label, and he made bisexual jokes on Twitter when asked up front by fans. So I assume he's bisexual in theory, straight in practice kind of vibe. Yeah, boys yeah, love okay. to be. I don't know though. I'm like fully like maybe being problematic by assuming so. Did you look up Lauv too? Because I almost forget. Lauv, we thought he was gay and I thought he was gay for the longest time. But then the interview that I saw, he said as an LGBT ally. <laughs> ally. <laughs> yeah, he thought he was here straight. So he like plays it up. He's done like rainbow kind of motifs before. Fully, yeah. He collabed with Troy Sivan, another twink. An actual gay one, yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's listen to Fake. It's like, if you know Lauv at all, it's like very forcefully hooky and like twee. So anyway, let's just listen. This actually reminds me of a seemingly short-lived boy band named Pretty Much. Do you remember them? No. They had a really good song called Teacher. I think they were, like, managed by Simon Cowell. Not true. But yeah, that's just, I mean, it sounds like a kind of a boy band to me. Although I guess it's just two voices, technically. Yeah. But fake. Yeah, what do you think? Um, After listening to so many of these songs, it's so hard because they do melt into each other so much. But ultimately, I just don't like the music. <laughs> I find it to be too twee. And like their sadness is too, like while, while they are sad, I wish that if we were going to sell that angle, they would be a bit more tragic about it or a bit more like actually depressed. <laughs> they're like sad in such a, an aesthetic way, you know, like they're sad. But yeah. also like, like their songs are sad, but in a way that you make like, I don't know, like super cuts of like Gossip Girl scenes of like... Blair and Chuck making out or something, you know, but it's not oh like, my God. it's like still too happy. <laughs> yeah. Their sadness is too happy for me. I don't, I don't love it. Well, love we know for having that thing, that album called how I'm feeling, which he released like months before Charlie XCX did <laughs> how I'm feeling now. And he's like a very lowercase vibe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe Conan great is too, actually. I don't, I don't know. No, he's capital letters. What do you think the mocking of Conan Gray comes from? Like, why is it that he's become like this avatar on Twitter for like just making fun of Zoomers, kind of? Probably because he's like basic. Yeah. But he's popular. Like, he has almost 22 million monthly listeners. Crazy. Doing my classic stats thing again. Conan Gray is on Universal Music. Right. I feel like there's a lot of these kids right now, but only a few are going to actually have long-lasting careers because there's not enough space in the music scene for all of these singers. Mm. And I feel like Conan Gray probably has the early start advantage or something. Like, he seems right now to be the biggest one out of all of them. Although you say yeah, that Moifu has, like, a huge song. Poifu. Poifu. Oh, God, he sounds so old. <laughs> 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 yeah. I listened to, like, before we, not not the songs, but I listened to a lot of Conan Gray to, like, prepare for this episode. And <laughs> Brave. he sounds the most, like, Billie Eilish. Okay. His music sounds really Billie Eilish, again, without the cool production elements that Billie Eilish has. Almost ukule- ukulele music. Halsey singing. It's like, just like, it's like this combination of the worst things you can think about. Like, yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, so he has an apples and bananas voice too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think role model Alexander twenty three, Paufu, and what we just listened to, fake, are very much so twee depressed pop core. Yeah. Young blood is more emo revival, mm-hmm. but he's successful nonetheless. Like all these people are like, in some ways, established pop. Mm-hmm. It's just weird. Yeah, it's weird. Anyway, this is what we're this is the world we're living in. So, <laughs> listener, we have to tell you. We have to fill you in. And because these titles are like questionable at best, we also wanted to give you like vaguely similar alternatives, right? Right. We yeah. kind of were like going with that. We wanted to give you like. The real thing, if this is intriguing to you at all. And the real thing is this singer from the UK named Bia Badoobie. Don't worry, we'll put that on the playlist. You don't have to type it. (laughs) She has 18 million monthly listeners, 160 in the world. That Pow Fu song that did really well this year, she Mm -hmm. is sampled on that. Oh, crazy. Like featured, but like it's a sample of her song Coffee. And um, in some ways, like Pow Fu got big before the labels took note, you know? Like, that song, mm-hmm. they had to, like, license the sample of this other indie artist, like, as it was going to radio type of thing. But anyways, so Bia she just has an album out just the other day, and she does, like, a 90s rock thing with, like, yep. really sweet female vocals. It's a really good vibe, unlike some of what we've heard today. So mm-hmm. listen to this. It's called Worth It. I feel like with this song is where the category starts expanding because when I listened to this, I thought of Claro immediately. And Claro kind of is the female equivalent of what we were describing. I think Claro has a bit more clout as an artist for some reason. I guess because she works with like Rostam and like pretty respected producers. But the vibe is Claro, which totally. is not, which is not a bad thing. I love Claro, um, and I think she like if I was if I had a teenage daughter, I would love for her to listen to Claro. And Billie Eilish, but I think it just just goes to say that there's definitely like like your thesis of like mm-hmm. the specific genre of music is very real and yeah. so real that there's like male and female equivalents of it. There's variations, some like lean more on the guitar aspect of it, but it's interesting. And I would love to figure out why Zoomers like ended up making this kind of music. Like, what about their lives makes it? Is it because they had like SoundCloud, so they had like access to all these beats that they could easily mix in their bedrooms? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. There's something to it. There's something there. I think the thesis changed, I think, for me. What is it now? Because I just remember back to like even 10 years ago or whenever that like Zach Efron DJ movie came out, We Are Your Friends. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like that was like, I feel like we were all sure that guitar music was dead. No, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now we have like clear proof that millions and millions of American teens and English-speaking teens are listening to revival yeah. 90s to 2000s rock music. Totally. You know? The guitar music has always been the way to make sad music, but even with the 2010s, that shifted to more R&B, and sad music was being made more like Frank Ocean, Solange, which wasn't yeah. so reliant on guitar music. But then mm-hmm. just when we thought it was dead, the kids revived it. Which I think is an interesting thing to do for them. I love guitar music, so I guess it's fine, but... 
Like, I think rappers brought back the guitar before these white boys did. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Pretty much every rapper and, like, every Black singer and yep. producer, like Blood Orange, for example, have been, like, exploring, I I feel like, the Black roots of rock music, right? Mm-hmm. But I do think you're right in saying that rappers brought it back and now it's making its way back to pop through that. Because again, mm-hmm. what you're saying, these kids are still somehow rapping. They're like in between rapping and pop. Yeah. So they sort of brought those like that, like acoustic guitar production. And I feel like now we've reached, like Halsey has a couple of songs like that in her album. If you remember from like when we rated it in January, mm-hmm. she has a couple of songs that sound a lot like this. Like kind of trap percussion. Yeah, with guitar. Or just like 808 percussion with, but essentially at its core, like a rock song. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, it's probably like a like a response to techno. I feel like the culture is so saturated with techno, like we're kind of over it now. Because we mm-hmm. have like a good like seven to eight years of like, yeah, what you were saying, like people just saying, like categorically saying guitar music sucks. Yeah. Oh, and then we have one more like alternative option for the listener and it's Jaden of the smiths <laughs> Jaden smith <laughs> of the smith family he had an album out this year a mixtape actually but anyways this is a song from it it's called deep end we'll just give it a listen quickly Catchy. Yeah. Cali. So California. Yeah, yeah. The whole album is like surf rock kind of. So it's all different rock. You know what? Mm-hmm. Like I think every single song has been different takes on like rock and sometimes rap. It's I it's actually more diverse than I realized, I'll be honest. But that's because we had to talk about them individually. So I think that we were bringing out the differences. But if you're someone who listened, like I did to all of them at the same time, you clearly see like the Right. The thorough line through all of them, they all sound pretty similar or, or rely on very similar aesthetics. And I think it is a bit of like, we just haven't seen rock in ages. Rock is so dead that it's a bit shocking. Yeah. But yeah, that's um, that's it. That's it. What are our takeaways? What are we, what are our twinky takeaways? <laughs> our twinkaways. Twinks will always be in fashion. Yeah. Twinks will always be in fashion, but they're even more in fashion right now. Like any amount of um, muscle, mass on your body, uh-uh. cut, shred it. Dated. Yeah, yeah, that's 90s. <laughs> worse, um, that's like 2016. Yeah. <laughs> it's like even worse. Um, yeah, and we figured out that the Twinks are bringing bad guitars and rock, and they're filtering it through a rap and then making pop songs out of that. Yeah. So it kind of sounds like we're saying nothing, but if you listen, you know what we mean. <laughs> <laughs> I sure fucking hope so, yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have a smash of the week? Let me see. <laughs> Let me see. They're pretty rough, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, as much as I hate it, I feel like the fake fake one is... Ooh, Lauv and Conan Gray. Yeah. Brutal. To me, it sounds like the most sophisticated out of all of them. Like the most like label-ready one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I see that. I'll go with the B. Abadoobie. I like that album. I was just listening to it. Yeah, she's cool. She is indie, too. She's truly indie. Whereas Jaden, I know, 
is on like Rock Nation, I think. And I'll never forget like walking past the Virgin Mobile Mod Club one day years ago and like a huge crowd being both at the front and the back of the building. And it was for Jaden I looked up later. Like the teens were fucking losing their minds for Jaden Smith. And that was before like the fact that he's still releasing music so constantly, like he's got to be huge now. Well, but he kind of isn't though, right? I feel like he never... Not with our friends, obviously. No, yeah, but he has eight million monthly listeners. But that's still less than Conan Gray, and he's the son of Will Smith. That's true, yeah. yeah. But imagine being the son of Will Smith and just like basically being taught to make music by like the best in the business, I assume, you know? Totally. Yeah. Like having your taste not even bought for you, but just like surrounding you. Yeah. You, know? you don't even have to try because you just grew up with like yeah. the best of the best. Yeah. So it's called Cool Tape Volume 3, if you want to listen to Jaden. It's a it's a summary vibe. I don't know. It's not really right for the season, but mm. maybe you could get into it. Who knows, listener? But yeah, thanks for listening to our Twink episode. And let us know if you can think of other Twinks mm-hmm. that, you, that we should add to the list. Or if you disagree with our categorization of this Twink genre. Of whiny Twinks in music, yeah. yeah. Every label has a whiny Twink. Yeah. Okay, that's that's what it is. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty impressed by us that we went through this without mentioning Troy Sivan. Oh, no, I did mention him once. Fuck. You did, yeah. <laughs> he's not even that whiny to me. He's not like, he's not whiny in the same way, I don't think. No. Okay, any last words? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Categorically, no. I need like a palate cleanser after this, though. I need to listen to like, not this, yeah. Same. Okay, we'll be back next week on Patreon. Prices are straight up going up, let's say Monday night. So subscribe before Tuesday. We should give people a chance to listen to this episode and subscribe fast if they want to take advantage of the $3 one. Yeah. And then after Tuesday, yeah, on Tuesday we can raise it. So sometime October 21st, which is a Tuesday, the Patreon's going up. So it's, it's your chance is now, yeah, do it now to be a little local or a little hottie, okay? Yeah. And honestly, we're producing really good. Like, at first, I think we were a bit hesitant, but our Patreon episodes have been really fun. Even the pre-show. They have been, yeah. So subscribe now. It's actually the 20th, which is the day after this comes out. So subscribe. Cool. Okay. Bye, listener. Bye, Juan. Bye, Joshi. Bye, listener. Bye. Bye.